You are listening to the Dradcast, episode 93, with special guest Jason Cosper. This episode of the Dradcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for rock-solid WordPress hosting, contact the experts at Pagely today. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of software? Sit back and chill. Because the Dragcast starts now. Guess who's back with brand new track, Dre? It's a Dragcast. <laughs> oh, what's up, man? I got rhymes. I can rhyme. You rhyme, I can rhyme. Yeah, buddy. I don't flow as smooth as you, though. It's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cursed. Uh, it's been a while. It has. It's been a while, man. All I got to say is, look, at the, now that you bring up that rap game, uh, a little bit of love to Fife Dog, brother. Uh, Tribe Conquest, listened to you for years. Uh, amazing stuff. Wish you guys would have continued that effort. And uh, rest, rest in uh, paradise, brother. Man, this has uh, been a very bad year for some pretty amazing artists. 2016 Dude, like, not started off great brilliant artist yeah that's just uh that's a shame to wake up to that news this morning unfortunately um that sour note aside how you been there buddy i'm good man i'm ready to get back into it we had a couple weeks off kind of uh regrouping working through uh a few things but we're back at it we got a pretty awesome guest today so i'm excited i'm ready to get into it we got some really cool topics too i gotta be honest i'm, I'm pretty pumped about some of the topics on our list today I do got to throw out there. So it's been a really cool week on my end, or a cool couple of weeks on my end. Uh, as I continued through my jujitsu journey, I actually competed in the world's biggest uh, jujitsu tournament last Friday. Took third place at uh, yeah, at Ams, uh, which was awesome. So I got a podium spot. And if you're in Vegas in a couple weeks, I will be competing at World League Jiu-Jitsu Super Tournament there. So come get them. Uh, I'm down to somewhere in the top 50 ranked in the world for my age group and fat boy division. So there you go. Hey, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Cool. Very Thanks, cool man. to see you up on the podium. I know you've been pushing hard and, and working on it. So pretty neat to see those ninja chops. Yeah, buddy. Ninja chops. <laughs> uh, I, well, hey, what's going on with you, man? You've been hitting up uh, uh, your uh, training sessions pretty hard as well. Yeah, so I've been getting into CrossFit, been doing the CrossFit Open, which is pretty fun. It's like a five-week event where you sign up, and um, they release a workout once a week, and you do the workout, and you submit your score and kind of see how you rank up against your friends and, and other uh, people all across the world in your kind of age age brackets and, and physical skill level. So it's it's been challenging because I'm not the most physically fit, but it's fun because it's really – I'm pushing myself, and I think um, that's really what it comes down to, right? So I'm pushing myself out of my comfort comfort zone. Um, and, you know, this will be the last week, so I've done four of the five weeks, and I'm feeling pretty oh, yeah. pretty proud. So it's been it's been fun, man. Got to get that, that 2016 beach body going on, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's it. I, you know, I've got my um, my second oldest daughter, Skeensenetta, uh cruise this summer in July. So i gotta, I got to fit oh, back yeah. into my tuxedo here. So I, I've got to make sure – <laughs> I, I've got about four four pounds to go. I'm going to get a little bit lower than that, so I may have to get them altered on the other end of things. So that's oh good, boy. good. Good to be in that that's, place. That is a good 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 position to be in. So <laughs> yeah, 
Well, let's get into it, man. We got some fun topics. We got yeah. an awesome host. He's a long time listener, all the way back to WP Late Night. Like we're talking long Ooh, time. We had to, we had to apologize a couple times before the show. Uh, but first time actually on the show, uh, Jason Cosper. How's it going, Jason? Hey, fellas, how y'all doing today? What's up? Doing awesome. So just, I gotta I gotta hit your bio here, and and what I've been doing, I just read people's Twitter bios because I figure that must be what's important in their life, right? So Jason is a developer advocate at WP Engine. The creator of Hipsum, which I was not aware of, the Hipster Ipsum. I think I need more of that in my life. I might have to bookmark that one. Co-organizer of Baco WP, WP out in Bakersfield, California. Uh, husband to a uh, modem girl and a man of large tastes. I like it. I am a man of large tastes. That is true. That's a, that's a great, great bio, man. So... How are things going over there, Jason? It's been a we we had some fun hanging out back in December at WordCamp US. I haven't seen you since, so what's what's going on with you? Well, uh, just kind of been doing uh, a lot of uh, a lot, lot of fun stuff, a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff over at WP Engine, um, having uh, conversations with developers, as is per my job title as developer advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking with, uh, with folks and figuring out their pain points and stuff like that. Um, but also just kind of working on a bunch of, uh, fun little secret projects that'll start, uh, working their way out shortly from, uh, from WP engine. So uh, oh, yeah. now, now you're just teasing us. You got any breaking news you want to drop on the show? Cause I, I got a sound clip queued up, ready to go. <laughs> well, I, I, I do. Um, we are working on PHP seven, but that's not really. I mean, everybody's working on PHP 7 at this point. I'll take it. But um... Breaking news. <laughs> All right, we don't get to play that but very often, so we'll take it. PHP 7, <laughs> coming to WP Engine at some point. That's awesome. Some point, hope, hopefully soon, but uh, we want to make sure that it's right rather than... Rushed. You know, right. yeah, rushed, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's that's obviously the smart approach. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to get there, but... You need to roll it out correctly versus stumbling out of the gate and, and kind of not having an awesome or a smooth rollout. Um, there were, if there nothing were more than for your sanity and your support staff's sanity. <laughs> yeah, especially for support. There were hosts that were rolling it out at um, WordCamp US. I mean, it was announced right around that time, and there were hosts that were already rolling it out. And uh, I was just like, well, good luck with that. I, I yeah. hope that your support staff is uh, is ready to go and uh, yeah. aware of everything that they're getting getting themselves into. Hopefully they have a little disclaimer box they can check. By enabling PHP 7, you, <laughs> we are not going to help you at all. So uh, <laughs> at least for the next few months. But that's cool. It's always fun. I Working on things behind the scenes, secret projects, Project X, I like to call them. It's awesome, but then it's also like you just want to like spill the beans, you know what I mean? Like you want to just get stuff out there and let people know what you're working on. So it's kind of like kind of pros and cons to it. But at the end of the day, it's always fun when that big announcement comes and you get to finally tell people what you've been working on for the past few months or, or longer. So that's always good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's really just kind of fun to uh, to get to play with stuff. And I mean, that's basically what I've been doing uh, for the past couple of years over at WP Engine. So it's just been it's been a lot of fun. It's it's been uh, really cool to to get to do that on a day in day out basis. I feel like I'm kind of uh, spoiled when it comes to that as far as uh, job descriptions go. That's awesome. And we had some really fun conversations at WordCamp US. I remember. Um, I'm not I'm not saying I blame you, but we had some uh, late night conversations at the back of a really really loud bar. 
the first night, and then my voice was destroyed <laughs> the rest of the event. Yeah, uh, I need to really stop doing that. If the bar's too loud, I got to get out of there because that's what kills me. But I mean, I remember having a lot of fun. We had some good conversations. A couple other WP Engine uh, folks. I think it was actually the the party, the WP Engine party. It, it kind of winded down, but there's still a few of us hanging out there. Um, that was a pretty fun event, wasn't it? Brad, yeah, it was level. <laughs> It was it was no uh, Sandtown, but uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, no it was Sandtown. a good night. Nothing could be Sandtown, but that was that was a pretty fun event. I had a lot of fun, especially being in my town, Philly, um, getting to see all the all the awesome WordPress people I know and a lot of people I didn't know, just meeting new friends, making new friends. Um, it was a really fun event, so I'm looking forward to it again this year in December. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm also looking forward to see where they put it up uh, put it up the year the next two years after that. Yeah, uh, they are accepting applications. If you check out the uh, WordCamp US site, there's a link over to where you can submit applications for cities. Um, I honestly don't know if anyone submitted. I'm assuming some people have. I, I spoke with uh, a couple people just trying to help mentor them a little bit in terms of an application. Um, but, yeah, it'll be real interesting to find out where it's at. We are lame duck city this year, so this is our last year in Philly, and then we'll move on. Moving on is something we should do at this point. Let's rock and roll with this week's pressing topics. Stand by. Pressing topics of the week. And you're on. Here's a challenge. It's always uh, it, it's interesting to find a balance on these shows because it's there's such amazing dialogue that can happen in terms of talking around the history and current uh, affairs with, with all of our guests. But then we always have some like, pretty cool topics to go over, and those can get uh, really meaty. Uh, and can move on. And being that we like to keep the show for about an hour, um, we often have to cut stuff off. Um, so we're going to move on to pressing topics. What I want to talk about, because it's an interesting play, and it seems to be uh, uh, something that a few different organizations and companies have tried over the last few years, uh, including the folks uh, over at iThemes. Uh, certainly, Woo did the same with Woo uh, Commerce. Uh, but Shopify has now created a plugin. Uh, that connects directly into WordPress. They officially launched it here over the last couple weeks. Uh, WP Tavern and a couple other sources uh, noted uh, the announcement. I think I think the announcement did come out. Yeah, it came out on March 15th, so about a week ago today. Um, that they you're now able to connect and sell on WordPress uh, with one of uh, three free themes that they've uh, they've uh, created, uh, and this plugin, uh, e-commerce plugin that they, they're putting out for free into the, into the repository. Now. I've always seen uh, Shopify as an option uh, to sell commerce, even if you were using WordPress. Certainly, something that um, that could be used away from WordPress, and even integrating right directly into uh, Facebook uh, pages, which is is a pretty neat uh, setup there. But how, how does this, uh, in any way, uh, change kind of the space? Does it disrupt it in any way? Does this give them a good opportunity to grow uh, their their followership? What do you guys think about the move? Mark? Yeah, um, I, yeah, it's definitely a smart move. Um, I, I think with uh, Shopify, I had a chance to uh, play around with the plugin, and he said it it works on three themes uh, out of the box. But I was just using an off the shelf like alternate theme, and I still managed to get a pretty decent um, like shop page set up just using uh, their little embedded uh, like buy now buttons. Uh, it's it's really it's a quality plugin, and I look forward to seeing 
like what what they do, uh, how much deeper they integrate with uh, WordPress. Because right now it's you know some theming and stuff like that to kind of uh, integrate your Shopify site. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Sure, and I think um, I, I think it will continue to expand. I mean, this is really their entry to to the market there, right? Or that integration to kind of test the waters, I think. Um, but I think there's some good opportunities. I agree with you on that, Jason, for sure. I, I uh, you know, I personally use uh, Shopify on, on Facebook to sell like stickers and stuff like that, which I think is pretty cool and easy. Um, I can see myself integrating, being that I love WordPress. Uh, certainly, uh, the the local resident addict. Uh, uh, integrating this as a means to use WordPress to, to sell some of these stickers and decals that I'm making. So, Brad, I mean, what's your take technically from this? Do you think that they continue to expand beyond what, this initial integration? That's a good question. Um, and full disclaimer, you know, Web, Web Dev Studios built that plugin with Shopify and released it. So, um, putting that out there. But I, I, one, I agree, it's a great play. Further integration. I could absolutely see that, um, and I think it makes sense. I mean, Shopify still has a good market share of e-commerce, um, and rightly so, because honestly, there's when you're launching a store, you, one of the very one of the earliest decisions you have to make an online store. One of the earliest decisions is: do you want to kind of host that technology within your website and be responsible for it, or do you want to offload that to a third party like Shopify? Um, pros and cons with both, right? I think we could probably argue that all day long. WooCommerce, you install it. It's all within WordPress. Great, super flexible, can do whatever you want. But guess what? You're responsible for it. It's in your it's in your install. Versus Shopify where you're going to pay some kind of ongoing costs, monthly costs, um, but they're responsible for that platform and making sure that credit cards are accepted and that everything works and you know SSL certs are in place and all that good stuff. So um, that's one of the first decisions you have to make. And if people decide that they want to use a hosted solution like Shopify, um, it's one of the top top shops out there, top top uh, businesses out there to do that. So um, I think it's very smart that they make integrations with all sorts of CMSs, not just WordPress, to make it very easy to have a hosted solution for your store, but still have your website powered by whatever you want, whether it's WordPress or Drupal or whatever. Um, so I think this is an awesome, awesome move for Shopify. I love the fact that they um released it not only through github but also through wordpress.org so they're making it super easy for their for their users to access the plugin and access updates um a lot of documentation was rolled out with it too so i I mean i think this was a really good move by shopify i could dig it i could dig it and i look forward to seeing how it uh it pans out i'm certainly going to give it a go um Maybe I could sell some extra stickers using this uh, this setup. So hopefully, hopefully that works out. I just uh, I'm lazy and we'll get around to it by the time I'm fifty. So there's that. <laughs> some some may say that's right around the corner, Brad. Uh, don't put don't you're push your luck. You you're might on get the choked. downslide you already, get, right? <laughs> you're gonna get choked out, man. Keep asking for it. Um, uh, big news. You geez, Jason, you've been in the, you've been in the the hosting space for quite a while. Um, you've uh, been part of WP Engine. I think. Uh, I, I met you. You were working in the early early years uh, of the company. Around that time, there was only really a few different uh, uh, companies doing managed WordPress hosting. Pagely being one of them, and, and another one at the time was called Zippy Kid. Which over the last few years, uh, they uh, they rebranded, re- reorganized uh, to an extent. Um, certainly changed some of the, the model and principles behind the company, uh, and renamed it Pressable. Uh, well, recently here, over the last couple of weeks, uh, it was announced that Automatic had purchased a majority stake in Pressable uh, by purchasing um, the, the 
first founder and CEO of Pressables shares in the company, uh, Vid Luther, um, who is now no longer with the organization, an interim CEO has been named, and and on we go. This this is really interesting to me because it's it's become a space where I mean there's there's clear there's clear uh, leaders and folks uh, working it. There's certainly uh, it's certainly a validated uh, uh, space and market. There are a lot of other companies trying it. Some doing it successfully, uh, maybe at a smaller scale. Some not. Even some of the more traditional hosting providers, uh, like. Uh, uh, the GoDaddy's of the world and, and uh, uh, Media Temple have have taken um, a stroll along the managed uh, WordPress uh, boulevard, if you will. What happens here? What what is the plan here? I know that that Automatic, uh, Matt Aubrey Capital has had some some connection with WP Engine, uh, some connection with Pressable. Now a majority stake there. Where's this all leading? Uh, being there, they're kind of on the VIP side running that, and now. Uh, even more higher stake or visible stake in Pressable. Now, I, I, I've heard several times from Matt that he, and I've seen other people relay this as well, he's been really consistent over the past few years that um, that Automatic doesn't really want to be in the hosting business. I've gathered um, that too. Yeah, yeah. Now, Pressable, um, they, uh, well, okay, Automatic uh, for WP Engine was an investor in WP Engine uh, in its early days. They were an investor in Pressable as well. Um, I, I can't really speak to what happened there uh, as far as, uh, yeah, as, as far as that goes, but uh, I'm sure that they, you know, saw their investment. They saw um, that Pressable could use a little help, uh, decided to kind of uh, to push that in whatever way they, you know, they deem fit. And uh, I'm really excited to see, uh, I was I, I was excited to see Pressable uh, back in the news, it seems like a lot of people have kind of been sleeping on them for so long. And like you said, in the early days, uh, it was just uh, Page Lee, Pressable, and WP Engine. Those were the three right. managed WordPress hosts. Um, so uh, I'm I'm really kind of excited to see, um, you know, a, a, a player, an established player, come back up and and try to uh, to prove itself in a new way. I I you know, like we welcome the competition. We we think it's great that they're or you know, other people out there trying to uh, to help us uh, step up our game by presenting new challenges. And um, it should be mentioned that uh, the Pressable CEO, um, the interim CEO, is um, a WP Engine original employee, Chris Lazan, uh, who used to head up support there. So uh, mm-hmm. they're they're in great hands. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Chris is awesome. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but always, uh, always a great conversation uh, with him. And uh, wish him the best of luck. They're certainly in good hands, and and I'm, I'm just interested to see kind of their next steps, right? Like, all right, we're we're we've cleaned up shop a little bit. We've taken majority control or or, or stake in, in the organization. We've named an interim CEO. Who knows what happens there in terms of leadership changes? But in the interim, certainly in good hands. What is it that they bring to the table next? Because really, I, I see them, uh, although there's always opportunity uh, behind the power curve in terms of, of customer base, uh, the innovations that uh, you guys have certainly uh, made o- over uh, the, the course of, of, uh, of WP Engine's life. Um, what happens next, right? That's the, that's the weird thing. Like you said, it's so Automatic now owns a product and service in a market they don't want to be in. <laughs> it's like so on the surface it's kind of like okay i have no idea where this is going to go because if they don't want to be in that market they're in that market now guess what they're in it head first you know what i mean so 
Um, the question is, are they just trying to kind of right the ship and then offload it, or are they in it for the long haul? And I think that's yet to be seen because I could see it going either way. You know, I don't, I don't see hosting as being, you know, who knows with automatic, but it doesn't seem like a good fit to me. Even, even the VIP side of the house, um, Matt's publicly said many times that VIP is, is not a moneymaker and it's not, they're not necessarily in the business of, you know, they don't want to host everybody. It's a very selective platform for very selective websites. And it's more of a showcase for what WordPress can do at scale than anything else. So, um, I am really interested to see where this goes. It's cause I, I don't know. It's just odd that like, like you said, Jason, they're, he said he didn't want to be in this, in this market and now he is, <laughs> you know, so who knows what's going to happen, right? But I, I mean, I I don't think they're going to let it fail. But the, it'll be interesting to see if they if they try to sell it, if they offload it, or if they just if they do come to terms with the fact that they're now in the hosting game. Yeah, definitely. I I'm mean, starting a hosting business. Yeah, really. it's. I don't think Pressable ever really recovered from the issues they had early last year, back what January, was, uh, maybe uh, end 20, of twenty thirteen. Yeah, maybe end of twenty thirteen or so. Yeah, this was yeah, they basically were attacked and the you know, their large parts of their or if not all of their network were down for a number of days. Um and oh. even the statements that were being released were very odd. Um kind of highlighting the fact that it wasn't it's not really the capacity of our network, it's really the capacity of our team being so small. Um I think there were only 5 people at the time. So it's it was just a it was one of those statements that if I was a client, it would give me no confidence going forward. Um, and I have a feeling that was something they never quite recovered from. Um, and they're probably still struggling with that. And hopefully the automatic uh, investment and acquisition will get them back on track and they can recover and kind of dust off that name, like you said, Jason, and get back to being a, a host that people have confidence in. Times yeah, I, change. I I wish the best for him as well. Uh, I have a feeling we'll, we'll be talking about them again in the future. <laughs> well, we'll come up. I mean, all right. So we're we're talking interim CEO right now. So what type of leadership changes happen there, and, and what's that next move to kind of either one pivot the company, uh, uh, kill it off, sell it? Like what happens? Right? Like something's going to happen. Um, so I'm sure we'll 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 discuss it again. But do, things do change. Um, and with that, we'll talk a little bit about Managed WP, a service that we've used, I've used. It's pretty cool, the innovation that we've seen there. Um, some, some pretty interesting uh, technical uh, boundaries that I think that they've pushed in terms of managing websites and, and how you maybe approach that if you're not at a, at a managed hosting provider like a WP Engine or, or a page that you pressable. Uh, but what they've announced here uh, this week, actually uh, yesterday, was a talk about their their current model, some of the problems that they were that they were experiencing there, and how they've pushed into a new pricing model. Now, it looks like they're really pushing towards that AWS Amazon Web Services type of model, which is kind of pay for what you use, uh, not necessarily uh, a blanket price, a monthly price, which is is interesting. That's a model that I like. Uh, but in reading through their uh, their post here, it's like they're really, 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 really overselling. What uh, what changes are coming, and that's a bit concerning to me. Uh, again, awesome awesome product. I think it uh, it serves uh, a purpose for a lot of people. This is a, a, a you know a change that's going to not 
not make everybody happy. It's the way that it goes. Anytime you have any change that's gonna that's gonna affect your your audience. Uh, but why oversell it? When I've had to reread this like four times, I'm still baffled to an extent at what the hell is really going on. I understand you're kind of going towards that. You pay for what you use. But I've, I've seriously had to reread this like three times, and I'm still not quite sure. Did you guys, did you guys check this out? Yeah, it was a little dizzying uh, to to go through exactly, you know, what what their plans were and uh, and and what they were charging for. I, I do like that you can piecemeal things now. Um, yeah, I've I've been a long time user of um, Infinite WP. And uh, they charge that for their modules, uh, you know, their their effective uh, things. But like, say you want to run backups on like uh, additional backups on some of your sites, but not all of them. The fact that you're paying for that module for all of your sites rather than just one or two, like I, I appreciate that, you know, from a cost perspective. Um, that they're going to be doing things like that, where you you pay for the features you use, you, you actually get to uh, to have that functionality only where you need it. Uh, that's nice, but it is yeah, they are kind of overselling it. It is a little confusing. A little uh, is might be an understatement. It's it's I'm really trying confusing. to be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. But yeah, uh, you be the uh, nice guy. No, I get it. Um, no, I, I mean I feel like they have like three or four posts here that they kind of put into one, like. I think it would have been nice just to have a very clear thing of the pricing structure, pricing breakdown done. And then you can have another post about rethinking the business strategy and kind of explaining it. Maybe another post around the FAQs and, 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 you know, testimonials, um, or, or I'm sorry, Q and A's that they have FAQs, whatever. But that that's, I agree. Like I like the, the paper, what you use basically. It's pretty cool. It looks like you can mix free and premium accounts as well or sites, you know, mm-hmm. which great. is cool. But you're right. Like I haven't totally digested everything this is the same because I've only read it twice and I feel like I need to read it four or five more times to really understand it. Um, but I have played with the Orion portal, use it a bit. Um, we use uh, Manage WP over at uh, Maintain. So we have, you know, over 100 sites. And it's, it's nice when you're managing whether you're managing a couple sites or or a few hundred sites, it's I mean it's a valuable tool. Anything like this, manage WP if you're using Jetpack, if you're using Infant WP, whatever to kind of have a centralized place place to to manage those updates, to manage those backups. They have uptime monitoring, which is super slick. So um, I think this is a good thing, but yeah, I haven't totally wrapped my head around what this means. I'm absolutely with both of you guys. All right. Well, I'm not. Freaking crazy! Then, no, that was the that was the consensus uh, from everybody everybody that I've talked to since I read the post. Um, interesting to see how it kind of fleshes out because I think that it it is a valuable tool. Tool I, I like being able to piecemeal stuff together, um, and uh, ho- hopefully that's uh, to our advantage long term. But, but uh, only time will tell. So, Twitter. We've been using Twitter. I don't remember. Uh, when I signed up, it was around 2007, 2008. I'm sure you guys have been using it, if not longer, uh, that just as long. And it's been, it's, geez, right now we're in a place where Twitter, uh, although it has served its purpose and certainly changed the way that we communicate, uh, especially you know in times of, of need, uh, in times of gossip. Uh, there's a lot of great use cases for Twitter, uh, but it's in a place now where it is just not extending. In fact, it's lost 
uh, it's losing uh, millions of people, it seems, over year over year in terms of its customers and user base. And it's not making any money. It's lost a couple billion dollars, I think, over the last, I don't know, set of years. It's, it's just not able to get out of that hole. What the hell is going to happen to Twitter? Is someone really going to buy this? Because from what I understand, and, and uh, the, the the way that it's broken down with all of the, uh, the investors and everything else, uh, the, the cap table is just ridiculous, and it's a mess. It's like you know, you're fishing for piranhas. Who's going to go and purchase this? Are we talking some big hedge fund? Are we talking some uh, big player in the tech space? Does it just die on the vine? What, what's going to happen to Twitter? That's a pretty good question. I've been using Twitter uh, the the first day that they had public signups. Uh, wow. I am user 760, so I'm a long time, wow. <laughs> very proud Twitter user. Um, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, the the, the birthday just um, uh, the birthday being Ten you years. know in yeah in March now um, it's funny because I signed up sometime in like July 2006 so like it was still private for the first few months but but still as far as uh, what they can do to uh, to to turn things around uh, I hope they figure something out I use Twitter as my water cooler all day long. Like all day long, mm-hmm. um, I since I work from home um, and it's it's just me in a screen and an occasional Google Hangout or Skype call, um, like little conversations that pop up during the day. I I you know fly in and out of those all day. Follow uh, you know different topics and stuff like that. It's it's kind of one of my ways to uh, to engage with uh, you know the outside world and the world press community at large. So I, I really do hope that they can figure something out uh, I, I as just, far as, you know, I like it, but I think it's lack of flexibility and its ability to advance beyond that, which I think they've toyed a couple uh, times with that. So extending the ability to have uh, DMS beyond the, the, the short character base and things like that. I think something like Facebook has scaled beyond that. I actually, for the most part, and in a similar fashion as my water cooler use Facebook and I microblog on it more than anything else. Very short, couple sentences, starts a dialogue, and people start talking shit in the comments. It's great. Uh, but Usually it has to do with around, tacos. Uh, tacos. Definitely with tacos or jujitsu <laughs> or something. Or Brad, Brad and I uh, going back and forth this banter. The, the cool thing there is that I'm able to post with threaded comments, the, uh, a video or something more long form. Um, it just gives me that flexibility, and I think that from an adoption perspective, that's something that's maybe hindered uh, uh, Twitter. Now, Brad's brought this up a couple times, and I think that he's on pace to really, really uh, think of Twitter in a way that maybe is more expandable is making it an open platform. So integration points aren't as closed off as it is today, allowing people to expand it into something that makes sense for them. I think that that's an interesting interesting notion um, that – maybe allows uh, for usage to be monetized in a way that will, will bring them some capital beyond their ads, which are really more annoying uh, than anything else at best. I don't know if that's the case, but I just think that it's scalability. It's closed off nature is what's really killed it. I don't, I just yeah, don't uh, understand how they're not making money. Like they've tried a lot of different things. It's just like, it blows my mind that they can't figure out how to make money. 
Like, well, dude, sponsored sponsored tweets and ads. I mean, like, dude, you're only going to make so much money yeah, with that. Get you so far. Set up. Yeah, it's two just, billion dollars lost since 2011. That's a lot of freaking tacos, yeah. bro. You can't, yeah. you can't sustain that. And Twitter is such a part of culture at this point. I Hell mean, yeah. It's if you're watching TV shows, there's hashtags on every TV show, and I know hashtags aren't just Twitter, but a lot of it is, right? They came, it came, hashtags came from Twitter. You know, every every TV show, every every the news, I mean, tweets. Look at the presidential race. You know, tweets are huge in this race. You know, and it's and maybe not necessarily a good way, but it's a huge part of it. Interact with celebrities and sports stars and and, and politicians and and just even us talking together. You know, I I was I, I joined in 2007, and initially it was kind of like, well, this is weird, but I just kept doing it, and then I enjoyed it. Um, and I I contribute or attribute Twitter with being a big part of why web dev is exists because I early on when you know we're starting web dev as a, a bootstrap company on a coffee table with you know myself and and Brian, one other person with no funds and nothing, nobody knew who we were. Nobody knew what we were doing. Um, and I, you know, just started tweeting and connecting with other people in the technology field. And as I got more into open source, I started talking more with open source people. It's how I met Jeff Rowe, like pre WP Tavern and started doing WordPress weekly podcasts as we were both kind of figuring out WordPress together and like just making a lot of connections with people I never would have met otherwise. Um, and it has directly affected my life in, in a lot of ways, and I think it's it directly affected my business. And one of the reasons I think it's done well over the years is is because of Twitter. So it's crazy that why don't they just charge people? Why don't charge me five bucks a month, fifty bucks a year? I'd gladly pay it. I think a lot of us would on the professional side. They would pay that money, you know that that use it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I'd, I'd pay. I'd pay twice that. And they will. Why not yeah. do it? it? There's a really cool article. I'll, I'll, we'll have it in the show notes. Um, but I don't know if you guys got a chance to read this. This guy named Darren uh, Rovel, Rovel. Uh, he's a business correspondent for ABC News, um, and he wrote this post on Medium about it's. He calls it my four and a half billion dollar gift to Twitter, um, and he yeah. basically did a very informal survey on Twitter. He's got a lot of followers. He got about fifteen thousand votes, um, and basically saying how much would you pay a month to use Twitter? You know, the majority of it was nothing. Right, sixty four percent said they wouldn't pay anything. 18% said a buck. They pay a dollar a month. 11% said 2 to $5, and 7% said more than $5. So he did the math, and he basically broke it down and said, look, if you started having different accounts, one being maybe a buck a month, one being 5 bucks a month, one being 10 bucks a month, and he kind of gives some ideas of what they could give you. So Twitter, as we know it today, would not change. It would stay free. But these would be, hey, if you're kind of a power user and you don't mind paying a little bit of money, you're going to get some extra features. You're going to get some extra stuff. And this makes so much sense to me and based on his math which is a very small survey but gee, even on that it would end up being about four and a half billion dollars um based on twitter's user base obviously that's I, probably I, way off but i mean his, oh, his I think that's low. it I could think that's be low, low like but he makes a really good point and i'm like this makes so much sense and nobody at twitter is doing something like this or rolling something like this out it's crazy that's a conservative number. I bet you get even another ten to twenty percent out of that nothing uh, percentage, sixty-four to, to convert at some point when all their buddies are, yeah. are, are on and paying. And that's just for like personal usage. Imagine having special, you know, uh, setups for companies. You know, WP Engine has a has a Twitter account. Web Dev Studios has a Twitter account. We use it to engage with the community, with our customers, with our clients, with our potential clients. Um, it is a huge mm-hmm. value to us as a company. So just like a Facebook page is, 
Um, so why doesn't Twitter give businesses some special plans that they can say, hey, for a hundred, you know, fifty bucks a month, hundred bucks a month, that's nothing to a business if it leads to something, you know? Um, it's just I feel like they just don't have or have gotten the right people to uh, you know at the top here to really make these decisions that make sense. I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's crazy. Two billion lost in two years, like. Like, come on! No, no. Any one of so, us could turn this thing around. Last, Why aren't they doing it? <laughs> last five years, two billion over uh, since five twenty eleven. It's not much better. <laughs> I remember That's the tough. early days of, of Twitter uh, too, where uh, kind of like um, I think it was Dre that was touching on, uh, you know, things need to be more open. Um, I remember uh, the Wild West, the early Wild West days. Like there were a bunch of uh, alternative Twitter clients. There were yep. uh, things like that. Pounce. Now uh, those Pounce. clients. <laughs> I totally remember Pounce, so that there were yeah there were a bunch of alternatives uh like as far as like clients and everything like that went where you could actually use something other than the built-in Twitter app which uh wasn't great initially they didn't even ship an app like you know like the the developer community is what built uh Twitter into what it what it has kind of become uh you know to the most part and they shut those people out a few years ago yeah, it's good to agree more. I, that it's yeah. a, you know Dre mentioned it, it's something I was involved with like Identica and uh, which was powered by I forget the name of it but then it turned into Post Status and now I think it might be called Pumpio, uh, but it's essentially kind of the idea of having Twitter um, almost like an email um, where you know if you look at Twitter now imagine if if that's how email worked like people on AOL could only email people on AOL like that's all they could email they couldn't email somebody on Verizon, for example, you could only email people on AOL. If it was more of an open platform, then anybody could, could be running their own kind of status sites and they could interact. If I at replied, you know, Jason on, on one, you know, Identica or some other, you know, Pounce, if that was still around or, or Peach, that's the new thing, right? Peach, if I at replied Jason on Peach and he uses Twitter, he'd get pinged on Twitter about it. Like it would, would drop those borders. I think the challenge is, that then Twitter no longer is a business, you know, then Twitter is kind of this open kind of platform or protocol and that's no longer a business and it would disappear. Right. So Twitter's not going to be right. for that. <laughs> Look at Brad building bridges, not barriers, man. Take right. down the walls. You, this isn't Trump running for office. Well, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? Holy cow. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. 100%. I hope they turn it around. Cause I think we, I, I got to believe they will because we all know how valuable it is to, everybody in all industries and whether it's just for personal use or, or, or professional, like it's, it's a part of our lives and I really, I don't see it going away. So I hope they, I hope they figure something out. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, it, totally <laughs> dead silence. We need to figure something out. Apparently uh, the FBI versus Apple been ongoing uh, here for a short bit this back and forth i've heard people going well you know apple's un-american they should be giving over uh uh you know and doing these things for the fbi to get into this damn phone well there's there's that's not just the only case there's various cases of this going on um but it's a, it's a very slippery slope uh what's happened here recently i think they announced it uh earlier this week uh kind of fbi didn't uh didn't really continue pursuing on that specific case and said, hey, we found an alternative means for uh, getting the information off that iPhone 5C uh, that was uh, part of the the whole, you know, owned by Syed, that the San Bernardino shooter. So Apple's off the hook for now, but this isn't the end of it. There's something like 10 or 12 other open cases right now that are very similar uh, where they're really trying to kind of get uh, – 
the Apple and other technologies to really change change course and uh, and give them entrance and the ability to come and do these things. I don't think this is going away anytime soon. But man, is how damn short sighted is this? I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. I, I mean, I, I've I'm old enough that I've lived through the uh, the first time the crypto wars went on with PGP and the mm-hmm. Clipper chip and all that stuff. Um, and they were trying to build backdoors into uh, encryption in like the late '90s. Man, it's it's not cool. Um, and and I think it's it's a really dangerous like slippery slope um, to to set these sort of precedents of oh well you know we just need you to unlock this one phone or these <laughs> like one. these. Yeah, just these handful. But then they're like, "Oh, you did that last time for us. Why yeah. can't you do it now?" Well, and think it, about the doors think open. Think of the further-reaching implications. Mm-hmm. If we do it here in the U.S., what happens when China asks, right? Or what happens when another country that these uh, technology companies are selling their products in, and and it, it becomes uh, this level of precedence that if you're meeting it in the United States, why aren't you meeting it here? Now that's got some really, really widespread yeah. implications that uh, are going to cause a lot of issues for a lot of people for a long time. A, it doesn't make sense. It'd be a terrible precedent. I mean, like you said, once once your foot's in the door, where does it stop? It doesn't stop, right? You've opened the gate. You don't just do it once. You don't just eat one chip out of the bag. You know, the bag's open. You're going to eat more than one, right? So I think it's terrible. I think what scares me the most is that how un uneducated and uninformed people that are really pushing on this. A lot of the politicians, they don't even understand encryption. They don't even get it. And they're the ones like arguing against it. And it's obvious they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, there's probably lobbyists in their pocket, but it's extremely scary. And to the uninformed, you know, non geek technical, you know, person watching CNN, listening to that, they're going to be scared and be like, yeah, encryption's bad because they don't know any better. And we don't really expect them to, but you know, they, it's, it's just, I feel like we're, we're, educating the the public that encryption is bad and 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 that's what they're going to take away from this when they don't you know the people tell them that don't really understand why it's bad other than saying oh we need to get into everything we want to get in that's not the right answer so i i I, honestly i'm 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 a little bit saddened if it doesn't go forward because i feel like if any company can stand up to this is somebody like apple i mean it's the biggest company in the world you know, if they can, if if the FBI is going to go up against anybody, I would like it to be someone like Apple. That not only are they the biggest company, but they have so much influence. You know, and, and, and it's specifically around technology. Um, so you're right. This and isn't money. over, and it, yeah, and money. I mean, they have unlimited resources, and so does the government. So guess what? If they're going to go up against anybody, have at it. And I, you know, hopefully, you know, the facts come through and Apple prevails. But. It's not going away. You're right. This will keep going round and round. In 10 years, it'll be something else they'll be talking about. But I really, I'm really, i really happy that Apple and a lot of the other tech companies that stood behind them um, did stand up and make a stand versus kind of rolling over behind the scenes, you know. So, I mean, you get Facebook and, and Google and even Microsoft to jump on that, uh, on that wagon, and <laughs> that's a pretty strong force to be reckoned with, man. I don't care what government you are. That's a lot of influence across the world, man sure it is it's uh it's scary i really hope it doesn't go down that path but we'll see the path less traveled has been to cuba over the last 50 plus years as the embargo was set uh with fidel castro and his stupidity uh sorry i'm a little opinionated being of cuban heritage certainly a proud american and will always be a proud american but uh my family and blood lies in havana that said, 
Castro is not to be trusted. None of them. None of them. They're just terrible. They're dictators. They have uh, ruined a population, um, a people, a country uh, for for many years. Um, what we're seeing now is 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 an opening uh, for change. Although I'm a little concerned on how it's going, how it's being um, uh, implemented and such. But the good thing of that is, over time, what we'll see is technology infiltrate at a grand scale in a country that's been deprived for many years. That's really exciting to me. Not so much in the sense of, hey, look, now we can get on Wi-Fi. Look, we have all these computers and this technology, but the ability for people to have a voice. And hopefully as things open up, um, so, so does their ability to, to say their word and talk about the things that are important to them. WordPress, for example, being a, a technology that may be leveraged at some point there at, at the mass. I think that's really exciting. Google uh, being one of the first kind of forces to go in there. Obviously, there's going to be a, a lot of issues with corporate America, corporate America coming in there and, and having their say and such. And it's a slippery slope in and of itself. But I am really excited about um, companies coming in that will advance those opportunities for people to have a voice. I don't know if that's going to be in the short, but it seems to be a very, very exciting time for, for the people of Cuba. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's... It's a huge step. I mean, if you really like, I was watching the uh, uh, the baseball game yesterday, which was actually really really fun to watch. Uh, Cuba or Tampa Bay played Cuba, and it was a big deal. And you know, Obama's there, and um, it was really neat to watch. But I feel like this is the, obviously a huge first step. Uh, it's not. There's obviously a lot of things that need to be addressed in that country, um, and a lot of issues that need to be resolved. But this is this is a huge first step, and I really feel like. Obviously, this had to happen to start moving um, forward, and I'm hoping it keeps progressing forward. People get a larger voice, like you said, Dre, um, and we keep seeing better improvements. And, and one day, it does become more of a, a much more open and, and free country uh, because you know they're really it's really not a bad place. Uh, my my dad actually has a lot of friends in Canada, and and they love Cuba. It's like a huge destination place for many other country, you know, many of the countries around the world, um, and it's they kind of didn't want this to happen because it's like this, this place that's been untainted and it's not got to, it's not been Americanized in terms of the travelers and vacationers. And it's a really nice place to go visit. Uh, so I think it's, it's awesome to see this, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm glad it happened uh, now. I feel like it's, this is a perfect time for something like this to get started. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess, but, oops. Sorry. Go ahead, Jason. No, that's cool. I, I was going to say it, it really is uh, something that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, I've had, um, friends who've traveled down to Cuba. Uh, I've just to, uh, to kind of see things, to, to check things out. Um, and, um, it, it's, it's really nice that now that, um, you know, the trade embargo is lifted, uh, we can have, uh, people go down there and see the, the beauty of this country. And yeah, it's currently it's unspoiled, um, you know, by, uh, just a bunch of fat white tourists, like wandering around and, <laughs> um everything else but uh it's I, i'm i'm just hoping that uh the, the money that they bring in will, will help um with you know a lot of the uh the infrastructure there that's that's really been suffering and then the, the people that have been suffering just because they don't have some of the things that mm-hmm. you know that they they want or need yeah i hope it just doesn't come in at one of those situations where it's say hey, you accept the lesser of two evils you know spoiled uh spoiled rich folks coming over there and running amok uh versus you know the the spoil of communism that's taken its toll over the last 50 years we'll see what the outcome is for that 
for now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, our our main uh, show host, or excuse me, uh, sponsor, Pagely, uh, which they've been around quite a while. We talked a little bit earlier about it on the show. Um, they're a managed WordPress hosting platform. Uh, they've been around uh, since since the beginning. Uh, they're now offering two-factor authentication uh, for the, all of their uh, Pagely customer accounts, as well as uh, PressDNS, which is a service that autom- automatically routes your users' requests to one of the Pagely cache nodes closest uh, to them for faster response times. They're also now offering a new virtual private server service uh, where you can deploy a page of VPS in any of their nine regions instantly. So if you're serious about your WordPress website, uh, you need a serious host, go check out pagely.com uh, and get started today. We're going to step it back old school because you are an old school listener, uh, and I, I think it's only fair. Brad, what do you think? Should we take this back to Bartrix? Let's do it. Let me show you a bar trick. Oh, yeah. So this is just a segment here, Jason, as you know, as a longtime listener, all the way back to the old school days. Oh, shucky ducky. Late night. Oh, shucky <laughs> ducky. We're going to talk a little bit about anything you want, really. So a tip, whether it's something that you can actually do at a bar while you're taking shots of tequila, no lime or salt, please, or just something technical that you like. It could be a business thing, even so much as you know, uh, your favorite route to the Staples Center. Let us know. <laughs> well, um, as far as uh, drinking bar tricks go, um, really great recommendation on a uh, whiskey, Red Breast. Uh, if they have it, drink it. It's amazing. It's my favorite Irish whiskey. Good stuff. Um, technical. Um, so WP Engine just launched um, – two-factor authentication on their user portal. It's something we're really proud of. It's something our customers have been asking for for some time now, uh, and we're really happy to be able to give it to them uh, using Google Authenticator, an app that a lot of developers already have on their phone. Mm -hmm. uh, They can really quickly and easily set up two-factor authentication on the user portal uh, at WP Engine. It's something uh, we just launched last week, and uh, we've been testing internally for a little while now. Um, It's... It's been running fantastically, and uh, a lot of people seem to love it. That's awesome. Awesome. More security, the better. I need to get that set up. Yes. I saw the announcement. I just haven't set it up yet. So definitely it's, love the two-factor. Yeah, it's, it's super simple to set up if, yeah. you've, uh, if you've already got Google yeah, Authenticator. I have the Authenticator. Yep. Love it. That's yep. awesome. Just a, just a QR code snapshot away. I love it. I need to get on that for sure. Get on that, sucker. Right. Well, I'll f- tell you what. We are um, – we are still hosted by WP Engine here at Dragcast and very excited to be well taken care of. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you. So I have a, a fun one. It's a video that came out, I don't know, today, yesterday, pretty recently. It's 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 okay. so if you're familiar familiar with the show <laughs> Silicon Valley, and actually I shamefully can say I have not watched this. It's one of those ones on my list and I need what? to get on it. I know, I know, right? Like why am I not watching Silicon Valley? And I didn't realize I think they're like getting ready to go into the fourth season. Usually I usually like to wait till third? there's yeah. third. Is it third? I usually like to wait till there's about at least getting into the third before I get into a seat, you know, to make sure it's going to stick around. Um, so, anyways, they interviewed the cast um, and they basically they gave them names of real startups uh, and asked them to guess what those startups do. Um, and I believe all these startups are pretty high valued. Uh, I, I read somewhere maybe over a billion in terms of valuation 
you know, for each one, maybe. Um, it's pretty funny. It's about three minutes. But what really stood out is um, one of these companies that uh, a lot of our listeners might be familiar with. So let me just hey, let me just cue this up right here. Yeah, buddy. Automatic with two T's is a company run by a dude named Matt. That's actually true. Is it's it a, a guy, guy named, named Matt, and it's the company that owns WordPress, the, uh, the really? platform. What a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no. That's awesome. So they were guessing. They had to guess what they did. And he said, hey, it's probably a guy ran by a guy named Matt. Uh, yeah, that's actually correct. Although, let's clarify <laughs> on WordPress.com, bitches. Oh, man. Hang on. we got to hear that one more time. That's quick. That's great. <laughs> Automatic with two Ts is a company run by a dude named Matt. That's actually true. Is it's it a, a guy, guy named... named Matt, and it's the company that owns WordPress, the, uh, the really? platform. What a piece oh, come of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I saw that. It's been going around on Twitter, and it's just hilarious. Like, <laughs> all the things the guy says. Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. But uh, they have a video out there. If you search Silicon Valley, you can probably find it. Funny, funny. Well, what do you uh, got, that Dre? Brings to, that brings me to mind. I, you know, I've been working uh, with some portfolio items and stuff uh, here with our communications uh, folks, and uh, we've been playing with image optimization at the request and recommendation of someone that might be on the other side of of these headphones on this show. Uh, and one of the services we decided to use and check out was Kraken.io. And let me tell you, it's freaking badass. Now, there's a bunch of them out there. There's been a ton of different services over the years that I've seen to optimize images and help you accelerate your website. But Kraken seems to be cracking for me, I'll tell you. Robust, ultra fast, um, and it compresses really well with really slight to no degradation, uh, degradation of, of the actual image files. They look super clean. So even if you... Um, uh, go to its max like um, uh, optimization levels. You get bare. I mean, you see some slight color variations, but the, the clarity and some like super high resolution pictures doesn't change much. Uh, so check it out. You're gonna see. I mean, anywhere from fifty to eighty percent improvement on all your images. Awesome. Uh, works really well, and uh, certainly will help you get your page loads that are that are really high uh, in uh, image values. Uh, will will certainly um, get them loading a lot quicker. So check it out. It's K-R-A-K-E-N dot I-O, Kraken dot I-O. Pretty cool service. They have a WordPress plugin too. Hooks right up to their API. Yeah, this thing's pretty legit, dude. I like it. All right. Well. I like it. Damn, hell of a show. That went way too fast, and we're going to definitely have to do this again uh, real soon and not wait uh, like three, four years uh, to do this again. (laughs) So where's the best place for people to get a hold of you at, Jason? Well, on Twitter, I am at Booga, B-O-O-G-A-H. Um, same thing on WordPress core Slack, um, etc. Yeah, that's probably the best place to uh, track me down. I appreciate you coming on board. Uh, what Any upcoming events we should be watching out for you at? Uh, I am not speaking, but I uh, plan on being down at WordCamp San Diego. Uh, that's Ooh. always a great event. Always a great event. So looking forward to that. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've got... Uh, WooConf coming up, so I'll be the MC at WooConf here in a couple weeks, so I'll be out in Austin. Uh, that'll be a good time. Get to uh, chat and uh, hopefully talk shit on Matt Mullenweg right in front of his face and, and just really beat up, beat up everybody, man. It's going to be great. Oh, wow. Priorities. Uh, yeah, it's, 
Yeah, that's how I roll. That's really the the whole idea for it. Like, hey, we're going to invite you to MC our event. Now come talk shit. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> um, well, thanks again, brother, for coming on board, man. It was long overdue and a hell of a show. Uh, and we hope to see you back soon. Bradford, my brother, another one in the books, buddy. We're almost to that 100, uh, oh, yeah. that 100 mark, man. We're getting there. Uh, where, what, what should people do uh, when they're looking for, for you? Looking for me. I actually have an event coming up, so I'm going to be speaking at WordCamp Buffalo. I'm excited. Oh, it's yeah. the end of April, April 30th, I believe. Um, so I'll be presenting there, and it's Buffalo, so I'm going to be eating a lot of wings. I might even bring my wing hat. Yes, I have a wing hat. I'm uh, pretty excited about that, so I'll probably take the train up there. Nice, uh, nice long, scenic train ride from, from Philly. So check me out if you're in the area. Other than that, you can uh, track me down on Twitter, WilliamsBA. I can dig it, and I am at Dre Maida for the Rad and Drad. I'm the doctor. Thanks for joining us in episode 093 with Jason Cosper here on the Dradcast. Holla at you soon. Deuces. Go Lake Show. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit Dradcast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at Dradcast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the Dradcast.